Hey, hey, church, come on, let's go ahead and stand together. Yeah, feel free to put your hands together. We're glad you're here. Let's lift our voices. Sing, I was so far away, and I was so far from home. An ocean between us, oh, a distance too great. Lost on a distant shore, no glimmer of any hope, but on the horizon, the light of the world.
We were singing this song uh, back at the first Wednesday in January, and as I was leading it, this word kept coming into mind, this word undignified, undignified, undignified. And I was asking the Lord, saying, Lord, is there something there for me? And I felt like the Lord was saying to me, Kyle, you think a little bit too much about how you look when you're worshiping me. And Kyle, you're a little too focused on how you look when you're singing to me. And so this year, I just said, okay, this year I'm going to let loose a little bit. I'm going to kind of forget a little bit about the fact that I'm up here. There's some lights and stuff. And remember what it actually is, is that I'm here to worship my God. I'm here to worship my King, right? And that's what we're all here to do. So church, I'd invite you to come with me and just take a step this year towards unashamed, undignified worship of our God. And there's a lot of ways it can look. In 2 Samuel chapter 6, 2 Samuel 6, it says, David danced with all of his might before the Lord. And then in Psalms, it says, clap your hands, all you people. Shout to God with songs of joy. So I'd invite you, let's take a step forward. Take a step past that line of comfort. Whether it's clapping your hands, whether it's lifting your voice, lifting your hands for the first time, dancing, whatever it is. Take a step, and we're going to do that. So right now, we're just going to clap our hands together just like this. Yeah. Yeah, just like that. And we're going to sing this chorus a couple times. Come on. Let's have some fun. We sing. You turn my morning into dancing. You turn my darkness into what? You fill me up with an everlasting joy. You're my weakness. You're in my weakness. You are stronger. You're in my heaviness. You're my song of praise.
ever fails will not fail me now You won't fail me now in the waiting The same God who's never late is working all things out He's working all things out Oh yes hold no grapes, though the, though the fields are barren, though the, um, though the barns are empty, yet I will praise, yet I will rejoice in God. And maybe tonight we're singing so much about joy and finding joy in God, but maybe tonight you're not there. But I just ask maybe in this moment that we could have a little faith, 
that even through tears we could sing, yes, I will. That even through pain we could say, I choose to praise. So if that's you tonight, just lean into faith. I invite you to lean into faith and lean into the joy that is available through Jesus. Can we sing this together again? I choose to praise. Mm. Oh, I choose to praise. Oh, to glorify the name
Jesus Christ.
The name of Jesus is so powerful. Amen. 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 If I haven't gotten the chance to meet you, I'm Benson. I'm part of the team here at New Life Friday Night. And we're about to go into our time of offering. And I just wanted to share a quick little story. Um, a couple times out of the month, I go and drive Uber just through Colorado Springs and Denver um, to just help me gauge the climate of the city. And about a month ago, after that cold weekend that we had, I was in Denver on a Monday morning and came to one of the busiest intersections at a red light. And there is probably 200, maybe 300 Venezuelan immigrants with their children. And they're standing on the street corner, begging for food, water, clothing, anything, and the look of desperation on their face. And as I'm sitting in my car, heat blasted, there was just like a sense of this overwhelming sense of just compassion and brokenheartedness. And it reminded me of Matthew 15, 32, where right before the feeding of the 5,000, Jesus calls his disciples and he's like, hey, these people need food and I have compassion over them. Like, let's get them food. And I felt like the disciples just like, where are we going to get food for all these people as they're on this street corner? How are we going to get them lodging and everything like that? But then quickly I remembered, we just sang about it, the powerful name of Jesus. He wasn't relying on the disciples to provide all this food. He was just wanting them to participate in the miracle that was about to happen, right? And so one of the ways that we can do that as New Life Church is this, uh, the slide will go up here, the food pantry. And it's through our Nueva Vida campus. They, they house our food pantry. You can take your phone and scan that. Um, but they desperately need food to provide food for the immigrants in our city um, throughout Colorado Springs and in Denver as well. And then another way, you can pray for our outreach team as this is a huge, huge need in our state with all the migrants coming in providing them food, shelter, clothing, and we just need prayer on how, how to go about solving the solution. So will you join with me, church? Come on, let's pray. God, your name is the most powerful name. We just sang about it, Lord. And I just think of the families that I saw on that street corner, Lord, begging in desperation for food, for clothing, Lord. And the way that you we're looking at them with compassion in your heart and just asking us, your disciples, to participate, to be involved, and to not grow weary of doing good, Lord. So I just pray, Lord, that our outreach department would just give, gain wisdom on how to care for our community and those around us, Lord, and just bless the offerings that we give. In Jesus' name, amen. Not forsaken I am who you say I am You are for me Not against me I am who you say Sing I am chosen I am chosen Not forsaken I am who you say I am You are for me Not against me
three quick things, church. First, thank you for coming tonight. And those of you who are new, we would love to get to know you. I'm Daniel, the pastor here with the team at Friday night, and we would love to meet you at Guest Central afterwards, give you a gift, get your information, share some stories, and begin the process of you becoming a part of the family. So if that's you, swing by after the service. Second, this coming Tuesday night, we have what we're calling Together Nights. We're, we're doing a Together Night here at 630 uh, in the tent, you can online register online or show up for that. Pastors Matthew and Leah Tisthammer are leading that. So for married couples who want to work on their marriage, play games, enjoy, talk shop, just get better together, that's Tuesday night. Here's the third thing. I want to circle back to what Vincent just said. We need you to help us fill up these food pantries. Nueva Vida is on the front line in our city of taking care of the poorest of the poor. Every two weeks, we're feeding 1,500 people out the back door of the church through this food pantry. And in the last two weeks on Sunday mornings at Nueva Vida, they've had up to 60 Venezuelans just show up looking for coats. It's winter, and they've, they've traveled from home. They don't have what they need. So clothes, food, this is serious stuff. So we're, we're, this isn't cute. Like, we genuinely need your help with that. And I can tell you these assets, this food, the, the clothing, it's going right out into the streets to take care of these people. So thank you for being a part of the body of Christ here at New Life. Amen? Amen. Okay. Now, would you take two minutes and cross the aisle and hug a neck and shake a hand? Be kind to each other in Jesus' name. One, two, three, go. All right, all right, all right.
come on in, grab your seats. A quick real-time update. I was just informed that uh, my brother-in-law over here emptied out the list on the QR code for all of the needs, and it's drop shipping there on Monday. So here's another thing you can do. Non-perishables, canned food items. Think what, what needs to be able to last that people could pick up in a week from now and eat. You can bring that to the church. There's a box literally right outside in the breezeway. When you walk in the first sliding door, there's a box right there. What? Under the awning, as you walk in the building, there's a box. You can bring any of those items, non-perishables, put them in the box, and we will drive them down to Nueva Vida, so we'll make it easier for you. Thank you so much for being a part. Now, if you have your Bibles, would you turn to John chapter 5? We're in week four of a series, going through the Gospel of John that we're going to take up just past Easter, so really... Over the first four months of the year, we're going to be bedding down in this text, the the Gospel of John. So I encourage you, if you're new, read it with us. Come ready to church, having steeped yourself in the scriptures. Tonight, what I'm going to do is read the first 15 verses, John chapter 5, and then I'm going to pray, and then we'll jump in. So hear the word of the Lord for you. Could you just settle in tonight? Could you get comfortable in your chair? Could you... Begin to quiet your heart and say, come Holy Spirit. Open yourself up to the word of God. Here's the word from John 5, 1 through 15. It says, sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now there is in Jerusalem near, oh, I lost the text, near the sheep gate, a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades so a pool a natural spring coming up from underneath the ground in Jerusalem five covered colonnades to protect people from the sun it's a it's a social location it's a a city square kind of a gathering place and here a great number of disabled people used to lie the blind the lame the paralyzed one who was there had been invalid for 38 years When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? Sir, that's the stupidest question I've ever heard. That's the DG translation. Sir, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. John says, then Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat, and walk. At once the man was cured, and he picked up his mat and walked. The day on which this took place was a Sabbath, and so the Jewish leader said to the man who'd been healed, it's the Sabbath, the law forbids you to carry your mat. Like, God can't do good things for poor people and broken down people on the Sabbath. They didn't go, bro, 38 years, are you serious, and chest bumping for the first time and like go crazy? The law forbids you to pick up your mat on the Sabbath. But he replied, the man who made me well said to me, I'm just doing what I was told, pick up your mat and get out of here. So they asked him, who is this fellow who told you to pick it up and walk? The man who was healed had no idea who it was. For Jesus had slipped away into the crowd that was there. It was a drive-by healing. (laughs) 
just kind of, you know. <laughs> later, Jesus found, later, he didn't know who it was. Jesus got out of there quick. Later, Jesus found him at the temple and said to him, see, you are well again. Stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. The man went away and told the Jewish leaders that it was Jesus who had made him well. This is the word of the Lord and all God's people said, thanks be to God, amen, Lord, we need you. I am so desperate, Lord. I am so desperate for you. And we are so desperate for you. If it's just me up here on the stage, we're in trouble, Lord. If it's me trying to be tricky or cute or clever or wise or smart in my, we are, God help us. But if you are the God who shows up and speaks, and if your word will not return void, and if your word will go out and accomplish everything you dreamed, we're going to be just fine. And so we invite you, do it tonight, Lord. Walk every single aisle. Walk every single heart. Jesus, don't let one of us get away from here unspoken to. So Jesus, we say, come and have your way. Do this miracle all over again tonight. Let John 5 live in this place. May the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. And I pray these things in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and all God's people said. I love Jesus. Because you just never know what you're gonna get with Jesus. Two chapters ago, John 3, he's with a big dog. Nicodemus, who came to Jesus by night. Nicodemus is a tenured professor. Nicodemus doesn't have to meet with anyone he doesn't want to meet with. He's got the pension that is stacking up. Nicodemus is a baller's baller. And Nicodemus comes to Jesus at night because he wants to see what's going on with Jesus without being seen by the crowds because he doesn't want to lose his powerful reputation in the community. So he kind of smuggles his way down the back alleys and finds his way into the room with Jesus that night to to kick the tires, to see what... Jesus will take in Nicodemus, and he says to him, you must be born again, John 3. John 4, we'll come back to it. There's a reason why I've skipped ahead one chapter. John 4, the woman at the well. Five husbands have left her in a lurch and now she's living with a dude who's maybe her boyfriend or maybe her pimp. And I'm not even being crass. I'm telling you, a woman, to be a woman in this moment was a difficult business. And here she is being just caught up in the middle of this patriarchal moment and Jesus, not the sixth man, but Jesus, the seventh man, comes up to this woman. She'd had five husbands and she's living with the sixth. All of them had disappointed her, but the seventh man shows up to a woman who's there at the well in the heat of the day, which means she doesn't want to be seen. And he says to her, hey, let's worship. Let me restore you. Let me send you back into your life with wholeness. Jesus with Nicodemus. Jesus with the woman at the well. And here we are in John 5 with a man who has been lame for 38 years of his life. What I love about Jesus is he's just willing to see anybody. He's willing to talk to anybody. He's willing to restore anybody. He's got time. He's got the eyes of compassion. He's got the heart of love. Jesus, come all who want eternal life. Come all who want a drink that will never leave them thirsty. If you want Jesus, Jesus is happy to see you. And Jesus in this story even goes to find this guy. Jesus isn't on the back foot. Jesus is on the front foot. Jesus is chasing this guy down 
He's friendless, he's helpless, he's hopeless, and Jesus sees a man that everybody else has ignored, and, and he comes up to him, and you just expect that Jesus is gonna be really tender and compassionate, and how are you doing, and oh my goodness, and, and Jesus, the first thing he says to the guy is, do you wanna get well? And frankly, if I'm just reading this as a human with a heart, the first pass of this, it, it feels disrespectful. Like, Jesus, why are you going to punk a guy who has nothing going for him? 38 years on his own, 38 years just trying to get healed, 38 years scraping by, 38 years laying on a mat under one of the five colonnades out there in just a social pariah. He's, he's a mess. He's a scene. And Jesus walks up to the guy and he says to him what feels like this disrespectful thing. Do you actually want to get well? Jesus, don't patronize me. Jesus, don't double the wound by making me respond to something that ought to be obvious to everybody. The word well in the New Testament occurs 14 times, but six of them are in this passage right here. Well, 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 well. Do you want to get well? Jesus wants to restore this guy. And it seems that as you dig a little bit deeper, Jesus is not just talking about, do you want to stand up and walk? Do you want to be well? Like at the subterranean soul level, do you want to be well in the invisible spaces? Do you want to be well in relationship? Do you want to be whole? Do you want to be clean? Do you want to get your life back is what Jesus is asking this man. Jesus knows what he's doing. It feels disrespectful, but he, he knows what he's doing because I'll say it this way. Sometimes the pain of getting well feels more severe than the pain of staying stuck. 38 years. I, I can't do it anymore. I don't have the energy to fight. I, don't, I, just, I figured out how to... I, Someone brings me food every once in a while and, I, and it, thankfully it's a warmer climate so we can make do and I'm homeless and I, I, I have no respect. And it just doesn't, 38 years, I've figured out how to just deal with this. Jesus knows that sometimes the pain of getting well feels more severe than the pain of staying stuck. So he asks the man, he asks him a question that wakes him up at a soul level. Not, hey, I'm just here to address your body. I'm here to address the deepest, truest part of you. I'm here to awaken your humanity. I'm here to get your joy back. I'm here to recover your identity because over the last 38 years, you have been scandalized by your community and, you, and debris is all around your soul and debris is all around your identity and your life. You have been so broken by your community. You've been so broken by your situation. I'm here not to just address your legs. I'm here to awaken your spirit. Do you want to be well, well? You can read a bunch of psychological studies. There's this thing called prison mentality. And they've paid attention to the recidivism rates. So someone goes into prison and then they're set out, set free, they've, they've done their time, and then they're sent back out into life and into the world. And if you've been in for 10 years, if you've been in for 20 years, you have muscle memory. If you've been in for 38 years, 
you know one way of being. You know, the Israelites, when they got set free out of Egypt, they were free for the first time in 480 years. They were free, but they weren't free. You can be out of Egypt, but still have Egypt in you. So prison mentality is this deal where they pay attention to people who have been released and what they find is that the recidivism rates, the return rates back into prison are astronomically high among certain groups of people. It's just like, I just got, they, you know what they call it? They call it three hots and a cot because you get three hot meals a day and a place to lay your head and it's safe and you have a routine and someone's telling you what to do and there's some kind of perverse structure to that way of being. And so Jesus knows that this guy has gotten used to his way of being. He's got a prison mentality in his soul. He's got a story that says, I will never rise above this. I'll never be able to overcome that. I'll never be able to outlive those storylines that people have stomped into me as they've undignified me and walked past me for 38 years. My own family doesn't want me. Prison mentality. And so Jesus comes not just to address his legs, he comes to unlock the cell in his soul that this man has been tucked away in for three and a half decades. Do you want to be? Well, Jesus seems smarter the more we pay attention to this story. Jesus seems to know what he's doing. Jesus seems to have access to the deep realities of what's happening in this man. Do you want to be well? Learning to lead yourself will be the hardest work you ever learn to do. Learning to lead yourself will also be the most important work you ever learn to do. Friends, I'm asking you tonight in the spirit of Jesus, do you want to be well? If you pay attention, here's what you'll notice about Jesus. Jesus refuses to ignore anything in our lives that can be fixed. And I'll just say it this way. If Jesus was hung on a cross, there's a reason we're standing under the cross here. There's a reason why there's a cross on top of our steeple over there, the big blue building, the cross. We, we stand under the cross because it reminds us every single time. If Jesus was dead on a Friday night, but then on Sunday morning, everything changed and he rose again. If Jesus died and was raised, anything's on the table for us. Do you wanna be well? Jesus refuses to ignore anything that he has paid to heal. Jesus refuses to leave gifts on the table. Jesus refuses to let us have a pantry full of provision and die of starvation while we're sitting at the kitchen counter. Jesus, 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 and he's going, eat! Do you want to be well? Jesus refuses to ignore something that he has paid on the cross to heal. Jesus has radical courage to name the dysfunction. Jesus has radical courage to ask the hard question. Jesus has radical courage. We, we get quiet and we dance around it and we look the other way and we honestly think we're doing someone a favor. But Jesus walks right up and he names the silence. I'll say it this way. Maybe if you've been around here before, you've heard me say this. The devil always works in the silences. Whatever we are refusing to name, he owns that space. The devil loves when we just walk around the body of Christ and we walk around our friends and we go, la, 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 la. Yeah, everything's good, right? See you at church. And Jesus comes in and he goes, hey, do you want to be well? 
Do you wanna be free of that addiction? Do you wanna be, be sober again? Do you wanna be restored in your relationships again? Do you wanna be set free from that gambling addiction? Do you want to be well in every way? Jesus refuses to ignore what he has paid on the cross to heal. And so tonight we just need to, we need to draft in behind the radical courage of Jesus. Turning 40 uh, a year ago did something to me. Some, yeah, it did, it did a few things to me. <laughs> but this kind of like gritty, holy defiance rose up in me that was like, I'm not a kid anymore. I'm a grown man, <laughs> right? I know you guys know what I'm talking about over here. Air Force football players. Grown, grown, right? And so, so like, I, I used to kind of walk into rooms in my 30s and, and, like, playing it safe, like, someone else, like, my parents are around, and it's their job, and they're the leaders, and they're the ones, and, yeah, you pay for dinner, and that's great, and it's wonderful, and you just kind of just love tucking in behind the safety of someone else who's the tip of the spear, who's willing to say the hard thing, but I just, I just want to be, I want to be Daniel, I want to be happy, I want to be fun, I want to be the life of the party guy, but turning 40, something happened to me, and the Holy Spirit Spirit said, it's your turn now. Grow up. No one else is going to do it. Don't stop waiting for someone else to say it. Stop waiting to have the hard conversation. Stop waiting and stop ignoring and stop dancing around la, 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 and act like everything's going to be well when you are dying or people are dying around you. Stand up in the spirit of Jesus and ask the hard question. Do you want to be well, we come to these Thanksgiving meals with family and we go, ah. and basically we just like get out of here without burning it down, right? Don't talk to so-and-so about Trump. Don't talk to so-and-so about Biden. Don't talk to, hey, hopefully the Cowboys win. Hopefully the Lions don't. Just get out of this place. We just want to ignore and to endure and to get through and to fake it until we get back to our own controlled environment and lay our head on our own pillow and we go, forget those stupid people. And Jesus just won't walk past someone who's down on the mat. Hey, bro! I can imagine he got down. I'm so sorry. I am so So much of this you had nothing to do with and so much of this was done to you and I ache for you, my brother. And somewhere along the way, we have agency to choose whether we buy into the lie or we resist the lie. And my friend, something in me knows that you bought the lie. And so I'm here tonight to rebuke this crap. My son, my son, my son, my brother, come on. Do you want to be well? Do you want to be taken back to the Genesis 1 blessing, the pre-cursed blessing that is your identity? Do you want to be taken back before the fall? Do you want to be renewed and restored? Hey, you don't have to settle for this trash anymore. Do, but do you, do you want it? Or do you want to live and abide the rest of your sad, lonely years and mail it in and suck it up when I have come that you might have life and have it to the full? The decision is yours, my brother. Can we tell the truth to each other? Do you want to get well?
Here's an interesting detail in the story. Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. And while I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. So you hear him say, like, something happens in the water and there's like this magical superstitious thing that happens that whoever's the first to get in the water is the one who gets healed, right? So I've been to this pool of Bethesda in Jerusalem and and I've also been to the Dead Sea south and it's 1,300 feet below sea level. And don't shave your face and cut cut your skin and then get in the sea. I tried it. It's the, it's the most, uh, it's five times uh, more buoyant. Yep. The saline content is five times more salty than the ocean. It's wild. You couldn't drown in the Dead Sea. So I've been to these places where there's like special water and it's cool and isn't this a nice trick? And this guy had sort of like bought into the party trick that whoever the first one was to get in, it was like their magical day and they got bailed out, get out of jail free. And this guy, he's invalid for 38 years and he just was never gonna win that. Which also means he had terrible friends. And I'll just say to you, when you're in this place where you've bought the lie, very often what you do is you surround yourself with trash friends, okay? No, now, no one, everyone's made in the image of God. Let me just work this, okay? So you know everyone is made in the image of God, but some people have rejected the image and they have devolved into demonic subsistence. They have, they, have, they have not only been deceived, but now they have built a life on the deception and they've doubled down on their madness. And these are just not people you want to be around. So this guy is here and he's stuck, but now he's surrounded by bad people and no one's there to help him. And he, and, and he feels stuck. He wants the magic trick to be done. But Jesus walks up and says, I am wholeness. You're depending on water you want the trick, you want the party thing, you want the ooh, you want the, you know, the woo-woo, you want the thing to happen. He goes, I am life, I am healing, I am wholeness, I am wellness in the flesh. If you wanna be well, you need me, you don't need the water. Jesus walks up to this man and he had bad friends, he's in the wrong community. This man has found himself surrounded by a perverse sort of parasitic codependency in this community. The man was in a group of people who actually didn't care about him and they cared about, nurse, uh, they cared about nursing and sort of competitively comparing their wounds. Have you ever been in a group that's just like comparing wounds? Oh yeah, well, my thing was worse than your thing. But like, we all have wounds. Some of us want to be well. Others of us want to just kind of have a, a, a competition about our brokenness while ignoring the one who's there to heal. Stay out of that group of friends. The man was waiting for the waters to be stirred so he could receive a superstitious healing, but what he got was Jesus coming to stir him toward his healing at the soul level, at the, at the identity level, at the DNA level, at the essence level. People are out there getting crystals and psychedelic mushrooms so they can be healed, and people are taking trips to holy sites, ayahuasca, and the indigenous worship of the tribes and the mojos out there in the hills. And I've been, I've had, I actually last year had a friend call me. This is someone I was getting to know, and he was in some Central American country out there taking these hallucinogenic drugs because something had been wrong in his life and he wasn't sleeping right. And I was like, he called me two days in and, and he sounded like death. And he goes, I gotta get out of here. 
My, Jesus is walking past us. Jesus is here. We think we gotta get on a plane to go down to Central America to have someone do the trick on us. Friends, Jesus is wholeness. Jesus is wellness. Stop chasing something down that will elude you, that will be a, a, a hologram. It's going to be that mirage. Jesus is right here, right now. Jesus is the one who comes to us. You don't have to fly to Central America to find Jesus. You can find him right here, right where you are. Jesus is coming to heal us. If your journey toward healing doesn't revolve around Jesus, any healing you receive will be partial. Band-Aid, and I love it. I love, I love all of the help that we can get. I, I, I refer people to counselors all the time, licensed professional counselors. I refer people to, to celebrate recovery. I refer people to AA. I refer, I, we need all the help we can get, and we can stack up layers, and it's really important. And you do need a really wise community, even a community with wounds that is journeying toward wholeness in Jesus. But what I'm saying is Jesus is king of the whole process. Trust in Jesus, don't trust in tricky healing waters out there. This guy didn't need the water stirred. He, he, didn't, he didn't need a bad group of friends to throw him in the water. He needed the lordship and salvation and provocation of Jesus to be healed. So what does Jesus say to the man? Let me, let's just get down, let's talk, let's talk turkey or brass tacks. What does Jesus say to this man? I'll say it is the simplest command and it is the most complex process you could ever go through. At the same time, simplest, it just, just rolls right off his tongue and it is the invitation of a lifetime that will cost you everything and it will result in healing. Jesus says to him a few things. I'll, I'll break it up in sections. He says, get up. <laughs> Authority radiates from his being. This is the one who was before creation. The son who eternally has coexisted with his father by the power of their spirit. The, the holy trinity, God in three persons, blessed trinity, before he said, let there be, and there was, he was. When all is said and done, he will be forever. And right here in the middle of the human story, he is God of very God. Jesus says to him, get up. Just like he said to a, 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 a pre-creation, chaotic abyss of nothingness, right? Genesis 1, the spirit of God was brooding over the primordial waters. There's nothing, there's darkness, there's void, there's abyss. And God said, let there be light in there. So it's really simple for Jesus to walk up to this guy on this day under that portico and he says, hey, get up, let there be light and there was. Jesus has done this before. Get up. He's got authority radiating through his voice and scripture says that the hills melt like wax in the presence of the Lord. At the sound of his voice, demons tremble. At the sound of his voice, brokenness in our bodies cracks back into alignment. At the sound of his voice, weakness bows the knee to eternal strength. Jesus is. And so he can step up and say, get up and this is salvation language here. This is a work that only Jesus can do. We need God. We need a work from the outside. We need heaven to do what only heaven can do. We need God to say to us, dead in our sins and trespasses, broken down in our old stories and broken down in our old identities and left for dead and the devil coming by every day, taunting us in our madness. We need God to come by and say, get up. You right there. 
That is not what I made you for. I came that you could have life and you settled for death. At some point, you've got to hate it more than I hate it. At some point, you've got to care. Get up. Let's go. It's time. Let's go. Jesus comes with that kind of energy. Jesus comes with that kind of provocation, with that kind of authority, because we can't do it. It is by grace you are saved through faith. And this is not of yourselves, lest anyone should boast. We need to work from the outside and thank God he loves to save. Thank God he loves to forgive. Thank God he loves to heal. The psalmist said, oh God, if you kept a record of sins, who could stand? We're all in trouble. If not for a God who loves to save. And Jesus loves to heal. The cure is conferred on the man by the one and only Christ Jesus. Jesus raises people and situations up. Jesus will go on down the road here in just a few chapters. And he'll say to Lazarus, who's been dead for four days, hey, Laz, get up, come forth. Spirit enters his body, breath fills his lungs, his heart starts pulsating again. Four days, he's stinky, he's been wrapped in grave clothes. Mary and Martha have gone through the grieving process and they've anointed his body for his burial. He's dead, dead, and Jesus decides that he's not anymore. Lazarus, come forth. Sounds like, hey, get up. Get your butt up right now. I'm tired, I'm, I'm tired of this and I know you're tired of this and I know you need me to be tired of this for you. I'm tired, let's go, be healed, stand up now. Get up, he says. He'll do this for the dead son of the widow of Nain. They're carrying his body through the streets because they have to bury him within 24 hours. By sundown, you gotta get this body taken care of and it's a processional through the city and Jesus walks, he just happens to be out on the streets when this widow and the whole community are carrying this casket and he goes, hey, get up. J. Iris, successful leader, powerful guy, he, he, just, he wants to find Jesus, why? Because his daughter died. Jesus goes to the house. Get up. He speaks a word from a distance. Get up. Jesus can do this because he is life. He doesn't just have access to life. He is life. Get up. The end of all things there will be the resurrection of the dead. Revelation 21. Please memorize it. Meditate on it. You, you see what God is going to do. He's going to make all things new. So this miracle tonight that we're studying in John 5 is just a microcosm of what Jesus will do with all creation. Get up. He's going to say to the world one day, get up. He's going to say to the galaxies one day, get up. He's going to say to the seas and all their dead, buried down in from all the shipwrecks and all the bodies that have been discarded. He's going to say, get up, come back to life. And, and creation is going to snap to attention. In John 5, we see a little glimpse of where Jesus is taking the whole story of creation. Get up. First thing he says to the guy. Is get up. The second thing he says is pick up your mat. Pick up your mat. Now this thing is nasty. 
I'm not trying to be gross here, but you just use your imagination. 38 years, sores on his back, sores on his legs. He's living out there under God's open sky. He's got all these people around him. There's this filth, it's filth. And Jesus says to the man, take the nastiest thing that you own, really the only thing that you own, and I need you to discard of it. Don't litter. Don't leave your trash around for other people to deal with. Clean that mess up. And also, he's making him use muscles that he's maybe never used. He's up. Okay, he's, he's on his feet, but his whole body is atrophied. He's broke. This wasn't like Arnold stands up, you know? The dude has been limp for 38 years on this mat and and he's not getting exercise. And so Jesus wants him to clean up the mess, to discard the trash. When God heals us, the place around us ought to be cleaner. Listen to me tonight. Jesus doesn't come and do kind of some trick and then leave the trash everywhere. I want you to participate in healing the world. I want you to participate in making the place better. I want you to clean up after yourself. When God gets his way, everything gets more beautiful. So he says to the man, I need you to use your agency. Jesus doesn't baby him. Jesus doesn't go, hey, I know it's been a tough run. I got this, bro. He says, clean your mess up. Participate with God in your renewal. Participate with heaven in your healing. Get up. That's the thing that Jesus does. Take up your mat is what we start to do. Okay, do you see? There's salvation, but then there's this thing called participation, like sanctification. Like we participate with heaven. So Jesus does what Jesus does, and only Jesus can do. But we stand up and we take up our mat, and we start to make the place better. Friends, as Jesus is making you whole, you ought to be making your place and your people whole. Take your mat. Take your mat. Clean up this mess. The third thing he says is walk. Govern your body. You have agency. You have control of where you take yourself. You have control of where you take yourself now. You see this? Jesus does what only he can do and he's gracious and he saves him and he raises him up and he says, I want you to participate. Take your mat, start cleaning it up. But now you are in control of where you get to go. Stop going to that bar. You need need to pick a new environment. You need to not go there anymore. That old way of being needs to be renewed. Stop going, walk in a new direction. Go somewhere. Leave the sight of your brokenness. Leave the sight of, of, of where someone tarnished you, where someone broke your spirit. You need to move away from that thing. You need to find a new story, but it's on us to do. There is, there is salvation, there's sanctification, and there's glorification. There's a process of holiness that is being worked out with this man right here. Jesus saves. This guy starts to participate. But now he gets to pick new routines. Now he gets to pick new rhythms. Now he gets to pick a new community. Walk away from the codependency and the perverse, nasty thing you've got going over here with people who have settled for their woundedness. And I need you to walk into freedom. Walk into wholeness. Go in a new way. Don't go the road that you came. Go back to life. Move away from the destruction.
Verses 13 and 14, as I'm getting ready to close, I want you to see this last thing because it just boggles the mind. It's one thing for Jesus to come to him, find him, heal him, do his thing, drive by, whoop, slide out through the crowd and nobody knows. But Jesus doesn't stop there. It says the man who was healed had no idea who it was for Jesus had slipped away into the crowd that was there. But later, later, Jesus found him at the temple and he said to him, Jesus found him at the temple. So they were at the portico, the pool of Bethesda, different side of town. Now this guy is in the temple. He took up his mat, he cleaned up his life, he cleaned up his mess, and he walked over to worship. This is the trajectory we ought to be on. Do you see this? Leave your place of brokenness and foolishness and debris. Jesus has healed you. Now clean it up and get to church. Get to worship. Get in the scriptures. Come around a godly community. So this guy has walked the trajectory, but Jesus goes to find him because he has to say one more thing because we're not yet done. He says to him, see, you are well again. Stop sinning. Hey, dude, look me in the eyes. Stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. Jesus found him and he said, don't go back. This is not a joke. You'll have a bad day and then all of a sudden you'll miss the strange codependency and you'll miss the chaotic commiserating out there in the city square with people who don't want you to be well. You'll have a fight within your family and you'll run back to your old story or you'll get kind of ruffled at work and you'll go back to your old story. Someone will say something to you, cut you off in traffic. Someone will, will punk you and you'll all of a sudden just want to throw away the salvation work and this new story and you'll go back and you'll lay back down at Jesus says, don't you dare do that. Stop sinning or else something worse might, like you'll be worse than when I found you. This is sobering stuff to me. Our sins can actually destroy us. Paul talks about not trampling the grace of God underfoot. Like he has done his work and he's loved us and he's dignified us, but we can actually trample that. We can walk away from it. and, and, And Paul says, don't do it. Think about the seven deadly sins. Christians for a couple thousand years have classified, like what does what evil look like? And we've come up with seven deadly sins that, that destroy us from the inside out. Sins like gluttony. Think about gluttony, okay? Stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. We just, we just, we just keep, we just, we, like, We have agency, we can control, we can be filled with the Holy Spirit, we can be renewed, we can be transformed, we can take up our mat and walk in a new direction, but if we just keep sinning, we're destroying ourselves. Think about greed and how greed destroys not us, not just us, but everyone around us. We have provision that other people need, but we hold on to it. And so the whole community, Jesus has come to make the community better and to clean the place up. But when we buy into greed, what we're doing is we're breaking ourselves from the inside out and we're keeping God's provision out of the hands and out of the mouths of all the people who need it. Stop sinning or else something worse may happen to you. Think about lust, one of those seven deadly sins, 1 Corinthians 6. 18, Paul says, flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a person commits are outside the body, but whoever sins sexually sins against their own body. People think that Christians are just like, we just want to be cosmic policemen. 
No one should have fun and no one should have pleasure and God hates everything and every, just don't. No, the reason why we say control your sexuality and honor the Lord with your body is because to sin sexually is not just to destroy someone else, it's to actually break our own bodies down. It's, it erodes us. So Jesus comes to the guy and he says, now look, I've healed you. You've got up, you've taken your mat and you've walked to church, you're headed on the right direction trajectory, but I need you to know if you go back there, something happens. If you go back there, the dam could break. If you go back there, you might just, all hell might break loose. If you go back there, I promise you, you you will be worse than when I found you. Jesus says, I've given you healing. I've given you life. Now you fight for that tooth and nail for the rest of your life. Stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. Jesus says, be filled with the spirit and become a new person. Friends, tonight, I'm just here to ask you the same question that Jesus asked the man. That day outside of the, pool of Bethesda, do you want to be well? My counsel to anyone in pain who's in a moment of decision about what to do within the pain, because all of us have it. All of us have moments that threaten to just destroy us. I am not here to say life is easy. So my question, my counsel to anyone who's in a moment of decision is, it's going to hurt either way. It's going to hurt if you ignore it, and it's going to hurt if you face it but at least you'll have something to show for facing it. It's going to hurt either way. If you stay in the 38-year story that, that Jesus paid to fix, but you just have bought the lie, if you settle down into that and lay on your mat and you go, I'm good, just get me to heaven. I'm fine, we're figuring it out. We're finding, uh, uh, if you don't wanna work for it, it's going to hurt you. But if you stand up with your atrophied soul, and you start trying to find some strength and then you gotta physical therapy, you gotta get yourself back, you gotta work hard, you've gotta rebuild your life, you gotta go on a trajectory, that's gonna hurt like heck. This one's gonna hurt and this one's gonna hurt. I choose this one every day of the week and twice on Sundays. Because one of these, you will have something to show for it. So friends, I say, do you want to get well? Because no one can want it for you. Nobody can want healing for you. And I promise you there are people around you who are aching for your healing, but really they're just praying that you would care. I say to you tonight, get up. Take up your mat and walk. Jesus has done it. It's available. The gift is on the table. The pantry's full. Don't die of starvation. Get up. Take up your mat. And let's go. Would you stand with me tonight, church? Could you close your eyes? Maybe even open your hands in front of you. Oh, I feel the heart of God. I feel the ache of heaven for you. I think sometimes my job is just to stand up here and cry the tears of God for you. 
to let you know that he cares, to let you know that he aches for you, to let you know that he already paid for it. The work is done. There's nothing more that Jesus can do for you than he has already done. He kicked death in the teeth. He broke sin and hell in the grave and he took the keys of Hades and he said all authority, like you can be healed. Jesus has done it. Friends, I'm asking tonight by the spirit of God that our wanter would be healed. Do you want to be well? So would you lay your hands on your your stomach tonight, your chest right here? Would you just begin to lay hands on yourself and say, be made whole? That was really awesome. That was very, I think like one of you said it. (laughs) Would you lay hands on yourself tonight and say, be made whole? I say tonight, receive the work that Jesus has done for you. I say tonight, be free in the name of Jesus. I say to you tonight, wake up, get up, take up your mat, let's walk. I say to you tonight, I I, I just pray tonight that you would be so sick of life as it has been, that you would be so hungry for life as it could be, that something in you pulls you toward that future. Tonight, stir us, Holy Spirit, we pray. Stir us to the depths. Awaken our true identity tonight. Tell us who we really are tonight, Jesus. Get us back tonight, Jesus. Claim your people for yourself again. Snap our legs back to attention and get our bodies strong and get our feet under us. Get us headed in the way of everlasting life. Jesus, we give you permission tonight. We are so tired of making a deal with the devil. I'm sick of watching it. I'm sick of when I'm living in it, making a deal with the devil. And he's so happy that we're so broken. Jesus, tonight we want to hear your words. Get up. Some of you, you you need the work of salvation tonight. Some of you are brand new to this story. You're like, I've heard about this guy. I've I've kind of I know there's a church, but I don't I don't really know what's going on here. What I'm saying to you is Romans 10, 9, and 10. If you confess with your mouth, that Jesus is Lord. If you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. It's simple. Call on the one who is life and you will have life. So begin to call on the name of Jesus tonight. If, if that's all you can pray is his name, welcome to salvation. Jesus, we long for you tonight. Jesus, we long for, for your work tonight. Save us and heal us. Friends, call on the name I'm here to tell you it it can be better than you ever imagined. I feel like I'm supposed to stir your hopes. I feel like, like I'm supposed to provoke you toward a new horizon. It can be better than you ever imagined. Exceedingly, abundantly, above and beyond. I'm telling you, God is not here to mail it in till heaven. He's paid for it. He's broken sin and death and hell. So, Lord, wake us up, we pray tonight. I want to invite the communion servers forward because we need to come to the table of Jesus. We need to come face to face. We've called on his name, and now we need him to feed us tonight the bread of life and the drink that will never run dry. 
So we're gonna worship Jesus right now. If you'd come through the room, if you're able to physically come through the room, get the communion elements. If you're not, tap your neighbor, they'll bring you an extra. But come forward, worship Jesus, and in just a minute, I'll come back and we'll receive together.
stay with me. Brad, come on up here. My brother-in-law had this kind of prophetic picture out of the scriptures before we receive communion. Brad, share that with us. I just, as, as Daniel was preaching through this whole message, I just kept seeing the, uh, the picture of Jesus and Lazarus. And as you'll remember the story, Lazarus had died. He'd been in there for three days. He had been wrapped in grave clothes. And uh, Jesus said to him, Lazarus, come forth. And we remember that story. But what we don't think about is the fact that he was all wrapped up in grave clothes. And so the resurrection life of Jesus was in him, had been expressed in him, but this is how he expressed it, <laughs> right? And there was a second act you, you hear yeah. Jesus say to him, to the people around him, loose him and let him go. Yeah, yeah. And so I think, I just feel like the Lord's saying for us tonight, there's so many of us, you have the resurrection life of Jesus, yep. you have been set free, yeah. but it doesn't look like it yeah. because you're still walking around with grave clothes. Yeah. And your grave clothes have become very comfortable. Yeah. They're warm. They're what you knew yeah. when you were in your death, right? When yeah. you were in your old life. And Jesus is saying tonight, loose him yeah. and let him, let go. him go. It's time to yeah. shed your grave clothes. Yeah. Come on. Beautiful. All right, this is a funny moment because Lisa thought I was calling her up. Whoa. I was like, um. I was looking at my brother-in-law and she goes, okay. Like, oh, what am I going to say? So this is just comedy. Well, this is my perfect This is just comedy. So Lisa, stay with me while we receive communion. Do you have your elements? I do. Okay, open those. I was like, uh. It's always better when you're around. I'm inviting myself. Stop that. Stop that. Right now. This is a holy moment. Good God almighty. God, forgive them right now, I pray. Make us a holy people. Okay. Would you open your communion elements? And here's what I want you to do. I want you to look around. Look at the, look at the row you're in. Look around. Brad just said it takes other people to help take the grave clothes off. So look at the people you're with. Maybe, maybe if you're with someone you want to do this with, grab their hand. Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he took the bread. He said, this is my body, and it's broken for you. And as often as you do this, remember me. Jesus was broken. He was crushed. He was wounded so that we could be healed. And so tonight, by the power of the Spirit of God, I'm praying that a miracle would happen in the room as we take in the life and the Spirit of Jesus. Healing breaks out in this place soul healing, mental healing, emotional healing, physical healing. Some of you, physical healing. Lord, release it in the room tonight, we pray. Come on, everything's on the table, Jesus. Come be King of kings and Lord of lords. And Jesus, we remember you tonight. And as we do, we say, touch us to the very deepest parts of our being. You may receive the bread tonight. We need the wine, though. We need the cup because Jesus says this cup is the new covenant. It's, it's, a, new cu- it's a new deal. We, we got heaven struck a new deal with us in Jesus. The new covenant and it's given in my blood and it's given for the remission of your sins. The 38 years of the story you've been carrying, the dysfunction, the wounding, the, the curses that have been spoken over you tonight, getting washed away by the blood of Jesus, newness tonight. 
forgiveness tonight. Friends, Jesus has come that we might have life drink up to life to the full. We're going to sing, I've seen you move, you move the mountains, and I believe I'll see you do it again. So let's press in right here before we go. I'll see you do it tonight as we go I say to you get up take up your mat and walk I thank you Jesus for all you've done in this house tonight I can feel the release of your spirit in a fresh way I feel our cups starting to overflow again I feel newness on the horizon I feel possibilities I feel a sense of hope rising for people who were broken in hopelessness do it more Lord we pray this week I pray, Lord, bless my friends and keep them. Make your face to shine upon them. Be gracious to them, Lord. Smile big on every single person here and all of their people. 
all of their people. Some of you need to know that God cares about the people that you care about. I sense some of you have been crying tears for people for years and you just, you think that they're off limits to God. I pray that this week God would be good to those people in a way that wakes them up. And I pray that he would grant you and them shalom this week. Can you agree with that? We pray these things in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and all God's people said. Can you thank God for what he's done here tonight? Thank you, thank you, thank you for coming. The prayer team will be down front if you want any prayer. Guest centrals in the back. Together nights on Tuesday. Go from here tonight in God's grace and peace. Much love.